show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. And it is that time to listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to the Data Doctors Radio Program, the multi-award winning tech show for non-tech people. Each and every week, we help thousands of people in their broken computers and technology in our stores and their offices and homes all across the country. Then we bring that experience to the radio to help all of you. We are the Data Doctors du jour. Ken and Spanky here to provide education and entertainment that we like to call edutainment. edutainment. There's a new smartphone on the way. Is it revolutionary or evolutionary? You use the cloud, but... But what do you do when the cloud breaks? And we're celebrating a birthday this week. Let's tweet about it. On air. Online. On demand. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen live. Download podcasts. And get helpful links. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. You hear that giant sucking sound? That there is the Apple stock price. (laughs) I was going to say, it's your nose. I'm going to call you sneezy today, Colbert. You know, allergies happen. Um, so, so the, the, the ongoing battle pummeling of the Apple dynasty continued yeah. this week. Yeah, it's pretty bad. With yet another new smartphone for people to consider that would be an alternative to the once mighty iPhone. Yes. Samsung is getting her done, folks. Yeah, so late, uh, late last week, Samsung had this big... By the way, if you haven't seen the big announcement of the Samsung Galaxy S4... Just go Google search it and watch this Broadway Radio City Music Hall entertaining. It it was so. Is it bad? Oh God, it was awful. Was it? But it was a South Korean interpretation of American yes, culture. Yes, it was so bad. And I sat through the whole damn thing, and I'm going, somebody shoot me. Why do I have to watch this? Why are you watching? Because I wanted to see the entire rollout of the new Samsung Galaxy S4. Just in case, huh? Uh, yeah, well, let me tell you. First of all, you know I love my iPhone. Uh huh. And I really liked the S3 when I had it in my hand. Yes. The S4 has some new features that make me really wish my iPhone had those features. Well, the iPhone might get some of these features in two or three years. (laughs) It's usually how it happens. It used to be that iPhone would lead the way. No, the iPhone led the way for a very short period of time. As soon as the Android got any kind of wind, it was like... Follow me, iPhone. Yeah, so let, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the features that are in the new Galaxy S4 because uh, there are some things in there that are really just that wow me. First of all, you know how when you're taking a picture of your family, you're out somewhere, and you're taking a picture of your family, and you're never in the picture because you're the one taking the picture. Well, now, because of the way the cameras are set up, you can actually turn on your back-facing camera, the one that, that faces the person taking the picture. Yes. And you can actually put yourself in the picture. So it'll be like what? like a subset. It's like your Facebook profile. We have a little square there. Yeah. So you're in the picture too with your family in in the in the location, which is pretty cool. Um, the ability to add voice memos to photos so that you can share. It's a more social experience. So you want to send grandma a picture of the kids for her birthday. You know, the kids can put a little happy grandma, happy, happy birthday, grandma, happy grandma birthday. <laughs> well, you know, at that age, she probably wouldn't know anyway. Um, it's got a lot of little features that are really not revolutionary, but evolutionary. Again, if you're a traveler, this phone has some really slick things in it. Let's say you're going to China on a trip or you're in Chinatown, uh, even more more appropriate for us here in America. We yes. go to Chinatown, and you know when you go to Chinatown, man, there's a hard time. You have a hard time interpreting and understanding what they're saying, and you go to a restaurant. Well, this phone has live real-time translation, voice-to-voice, Voice to text, so it'll you, do any which any yeah, direction. So you speak in English, uh, you tell the phone to translate to. Ch- does to, it actually does Chinese? Yes. Which dialect? It, it does multiple. Wow. Um, so you can actually say, uh, w- "What is this on the menu?" and it will flip it into the right dialect, speak it out of the phone. The person can then respond to you in their language, and so, it will translate it back to English. So can I tell you that that sounds really good? But I got an app like that for the iPhone when I went to France. Right. Um, the the whole the whole part where you're trying to get people to talk to your phone, yeah. they look at you like, um, I don't think so, weirdo. But it's it's slick technology. The yes. other thing, um, the ability to use these swipe gestures. Um, Samsung has done something different with this phone, where you no longer have to actually touch the screen. Um, you can just wave your hand or or, or swipe over it. Uh, and those gestures, the phone will actually see your hand. What about your eyes? Well, that's the other thing. This is where 
you know how many you're watching a movie, or a YouTube video, or something on your phone, and somebody calls your attention while you're watching the movie? Well, typically, you'd look at that person, and the movie keeps playing, and then you have to go back and find your location. The device is smart enough to track your eye motion, and it knows that you've glanced away just by the way you've moved your head. It actually can look at that and say, ah, pause the video. And not until you turn back to the device. Not, well, it's tracking your it's, eyeballs, right? Yeah, it's tracking. It's, well, it's tracking the motion of you. So it's looking at the angle of your head and where your eyes are going. At that point, when you look back at the device, it will start the movie again. Creepy. It's pretty cool. And you think about the advancements and what is going to be in the future just based on the technology that they're, they're doing now. Galaxy S4? What am I thinking? <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty smart. So I, I think this phone, you know, when I looked at it, I was, I was impressed by what, what's under the hood. But is it revolutionary? No. There, so, there, there so, are these incremental steps. So the other good news, bad news for Galaxy f- folks is the S3 is now like 99 bucks, right? <laughs> That's right. Which is ticking off the people that just bought it eight uh, months ago for right, because, $200. Yeah, right? now, they're, now they're going, man, why didn't I wait? Why didn't I? Hey, listen, you can, never, you can chase that all day long. Yes. If you're constantly chasing the, the oh, man. I, or, or always buy just behind the curve, right? right? So always wait for these price drops and then jump in right away. And that's what my wife and I do. We always, we're in the next generation down. So we have the 4S. We're, we're not going to get, we didn't get the 5. We'll I do that with one. my golf clubs, too. So, hey, you know, we love Google Docs here. Yes. We use Google Docs for all kinds of things. We're we using use Google Docs right now yeah. while we're doing the show. So that's all well and good until um, the cloud goes away. <laughs> Yeah, so earlier in the week, Google Drive, um, which has Google Docs and spreadsheets, went down for a lot of people. All your storage, everything. So, which got us to thinking, you know, uh, many times we've talked about this, what do you do when the cloud breaks? How do you use Google offline? So I don't think people know that they could do that. You absolutely can use Google offline. You don't Google, have to be online. Google Docs. Google Docs. So uh, we've got a link to a CNET video of how to set up your Google Docs offline. Very smart for you using Google Docs to use it. And, and also look at Backupify, which is a way to back up those documents, even though they're just backing up the cloud. That way, when this stuff happens, you have another place to go for those critical documents. You're backing up the cloud to another cloud. Yes, sir. Still ahead, happy birthday to you. We'll tell you about a birthday in 140 characters or less. Also, after the break, can Google's newest offering kill Evernote? Hmm. It's coming up right here on the Data Doctors radio program. Business owners, if you're tired of playing whack-a-mole with your business technology, help is just a phone call away. Whether you have three or 300 computers, call us, the Data Doctors, to schedule a free technology assessment and get a prescription to relieve your pain. Imagine putting the days of technology problems behind you. Let the collective intelligence of Data Doctors Business Services allow you to focus on your business, not your technology problems. Call 888-545-1988 and schedule your free technology assessment today. Quit struggling with technology on your own. Get the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team for less than the cost of a single IT person. And we've seen it all. We've been helping businesses with their technology for nearly 25 years, and we can help you too. Get relief today so you can be more productive tomorrow. Call 888-545-1988 to schedule your free business technology assessment today. That's 888-545-1988. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. People all around the country, they're buzzing because they can now listen to the Data Doctors radio program before anyone else. How? They became a Data Doctors insider, and you can too. Sign up now for our weekly newsletter at datadoctors.com slash radio. If you're a newsletter subscriber, you get instant access to the show. That's right. Click and listen when you want. It's the tech show for non-tech people. The tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. That sounds a lot like uh, Data Doctors radio program on demand. That's right. You know what else is on demand? Hmm. Your tech questions. Anytime you have a tech question, you can demand an answer. Well, (laughs) ask nicely. At uh, Facebook.com slash Data Doctors, where you can ask a question like June did. June wanted to know, what is, and I'm going to give you the file name specifically, goog-fish, spelled P-H-I-S-H, dash shavar dot D-B. I was looking at my Carbonite Info Center and noticed the file being backed up. Is there something I need to worry about? 
Yeah, anytime you see a file that says fish, fish, you go, whoa, whoa, red flag. Scan, fish, 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 fish. The good news is, June, not to worry. Yeah, there's nothing to worry about here. Uh, that file, and also there's another one called goog-malware.shavar, um, are Google's anti-phishing APIs. And, and what they're there to do is Google uses them to identify malware, specifically phishing. And Google then provides data to the anti-phishing feature that they have inside Firefox and Google Desktop. Yeah, so that's the file that Google uses. And some of you that use the Google Chrome may have encountered this where it basically warns you. Right. This site that you're trying to access has been deemed to be malicious. Right. And it's there to do one thing, June, and that is to make your web surfing experience safer. So don't fear that file. It's okay. Let your Carbonite Info Center just do its thing. And, uh, and don't fear that file. It's okay to use. Keep her rolling. Yep. Happy birthday to you. I think we can get sued for doing that, sir. We can? Yeah. Somebody owns the copyrights. What if we do song. a reggae version? Happy, happy birthday to Twitter? Yes. Okay. Twitter turned seven this week. It's a little tiny adolescent. That's right. And now everyone Wreaking knows. Wreaking havoc around the world. Do you remember? I know what my first tweet was. I'm drinking coffee on the toilet. Because that's all Twitter was good for in the early days. The TMI yeah, I don't acronym a, is coming out there. I don't have a filter, Ken. Way too much information. Don't have a filter. Way too much. So seven years into this thing, 200 million users um, tweeting about a billion tweets a day or something ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, that's a lot it's, of tweets. It's basically helping overthrow governments. It's reporting the the fast breaking news everywhere around the world. I mean, Twitter is really an informational resource for those of you that still haven't figured out. I don't know. I have nothing to tweet about. Right, two two hundred million active users with four hundred million tweets a day. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So they they get a billion billion every couple of days. That is insane. Um, so those of you that still haven't figured out how and why, let me give you maybe another reason to think about Twitter. Twitter is not about what you say as, as much as about what you can learn from it. So you can follow your favorite news people, your favorite celebrities, your favorite companies, your fa- whatever it is, to get kind of information that's really, you know, stuff that you care about. But here's where it gets really fun. You can use utilities like Flipboard. Mm. Flipboard's a great Love uh, Flipboard. iPad tablet app. It's, a, it's a, not just iPad. It's a for, for tablets. And you can tell Flipboard to monitor your Twitter account so that all the stuff that you're following shows up almost like a newspaper on your tablet. So again, you're, you're creating a customized resource. The internet is a fire hose of information. You're drinking from a fire hose. Right. Start being smart about where you get your information. You have your trusted resources, whether they're national uh, or local news uh, outlets, your friends, brands, all these things. You can set all that up in Flipboard, and it's awesome. I, I want to talk about Flipboard as a consumer of it. Uh, I use Flipboard, and, and Flipboard for me... That's F-L-I-P-B-O-A-R-D, Flipboard. Flipboard. Go get so, it. So I use Flipboard at night. Um, throughout the day, you know, I'm always on Data Doctor's Facebook page, and uh, you know, once in a while I'll check my stuff during the day, but... I miss a lot of things that are posted by people I follow, and I don't have time during the day to filter through that. At night after the kids go to bed, I pick up my iPad, and I launch Flipboard, and it's like holding a magazine in my hand. It's so beautiful. The presentation of all of the stuff that I've missed throughout the day, it's so easy to yeah, you find. You swipe your finger, and it flips the It's the like page. a magazine page. And, and by the way, it's not just Twitter. Right. It's Facebook, it's Facebook Twitter. All kinds of news you, organizations. Anything that you follow. And it just puts it on a nice, convenient little package for you. You gotta check it out. Check it out. Once you get it, you will keep it. Speaking of keep, Google's launching another, or just launched another product that I think can could kill Evernote. And the thing is, I think a lot of people out there have never used Evernote. So I think what they're doing is they're taking the popularity of Evernote and saying, let's make it let's easy for the average user. So Google has launched a, a something called Keep, and it's a note-taking app. That's both for your Android and for your desktop computer. But it's, it's not just a note-taking app. No, it, it, it basically can record pictures, uh, audio, notes. Just think about all those little errant thoughts you have throughout the day. 
and you jot them down, you put them somewhere. Wouldn't it be nice if basically whenever you had a thought, whether you were at your computer, on your mobile phone, on your laptop, whatever, that all these thoughts kind of stayed in the same place wherever you went, right? So it's like your, your errant thoughts everywhere. Right. <laughs> and it organizes them into one place. So now you have the ability to, to live without having to have a physical notepad yeah. or to remember where you put that note. I, I often come up with things while I'm in the shower in the morning, and the first thing I do is run. TMI. No, that's where my ideas happen. I. The water's flowing. The ideas are flowing. Your it, word. Your your words are. I spend a lot of time in the in the bathroom. Visuals. <laughs> so I get my ideas in the shower, but I run as soon as I get out of the shower and dry off. I grab my phone and I create a note. More visuals. And after I have a towel around me. But, you know, some people carry paper notepads with them. This doesn't work in the shower, does it? Right. No, they get all mushy. You have paper mache. Right. So this allows you to really have the freedom of wherever you are because you always have your device with you. It's always on you. Well, and then, and, and then you pop up on your desktop and there are those notes again. So, uh, by the way, iPhone users need not apply. Not yet. They will come up with it, though, just like they have Google Maps for the iPhone. Will they or will they not? I'm telling you what, man, that Android as a platform, they are kicking some butt. Yeah. Hey, coming up, megapixels are big, so how big is an ultra pixel? That sounds really big. Also, Walmart wants to make shopping easier for you. And they're using your technology to do it. We'll tell you how. show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Kevin asked us a mobile tech question. He said, Megapixel versus Ultrapixel. The new HTC One is advertising an Ultrapixel camera. How does this compare to, say, the Samsung Galaxy S4 with its 13 megapixel camera? Well, Kevin, you might want to sit down for this one. We don't want to shock your system. But Ultrapixel is a made-up marketing word. It's not real. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. Got a tech question? Get an answer in English. Ask us now at, at facebook.com. And more importantly, Kevin, and everyone out there that, that's looking for any kind of camera, digital camera technology, the worst thing in the world you can do is focus on that megapixel. That's the least important part of any digital photography device. I put up a link to something called the Megapixel Myth, and uh, that way you can go read why. We've got that at datadoctors.com slash radio. Yeah, look at the lens. Hey, Walmart is stepping into the high-tech world like no other retailer has. You know, of all the people out there to be the forward-thinking retailer. This one took me by surprise. Um, Walmart has has been slowly testing. Um, it's called Scan and Go. Scan and Go. It's a checkout app that allows you to, using your iPhone, right now it's on iPhone only. I'm sure this is going to come to Android uh, because Android's such a popular platform. It is the most popular. I know, whatever. Um, you, you know how when you're at Walmart and you go shopping and you got all this stuff, and you get to the checkout line, and there's 30 people in line, or you go to the self-checkout, and you have to scan all this stuff, but self-checkout doesn't give you the opportunity to do more than, what, 15, 20 items? Imagine, as you're shopping, picking up the item, scanning it with your iPhone, and it keeps a running total, and scanning it with your iPhone. So you can just walk through the store, get everything. It gives you a running total, and you walk up to the register on the self-checkout, and there'll be a special checkout lane for this, and you hold your phone up to the screen, and it reads the phone, and it sees your total, and all you do is pay with your debit card or your credit card or however you're going to shop. Never with your debit card. Ne never with your debit card. Sorry, I said debit. Always with the credit, credit card. card. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we had experienced some pain Spanky in our house. got spanked. We did. And somebody had a lot of free drinks on us in Pretoria. Thank you. South Africa. That's right. So what, Wait a minute. $1,000 worth of liquor <laughs> at a train station in Pretoria. It was more than $1,000 worth of liquor. Yeah. How did they know that was a fraudulent transaction? How did they know that you didn't jump on a plane? Because just three hours earlier, we were shopping in Arizona. So whenever you're in a bar <laughs> in Pretoria and somebody says, drinks are on me. You know that it's my card that they're <laughs> using. Anyway, Scan and Go um, is going to be available soon in more than 200 stores 
across including uh, the Phoenix area here. Yeah, so they so they're opening up. They wanted to test in some smaller locations just to see how it worked. They ch- they checked it tested it in Bentonville where they're they're based yeah. out of um Hotlanta. Yeah, so they're opening up now in Denver, Colorado, Phoenix, uh Omaha, Dallas. I mean, all over the country. You're going to start seeing this and and you know what? This to me is an Awesome. It's an interesting idea. Let's just go test it and play with it and see what happens. Right. Would, would we, you, are we you going to use this method? Sure. You'll try it out, right? Absolutely, I will. You know what's really cool about this? Hmm. You have an idea what you are about to spend as opposed to the, I haven't been keeping track. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, $500 later, because that's what always happens when we go to Costco. I wonder if this is going to increase sales or decrease the average sale. Um, that's a great question. Because well, if you know how much you're going to spend, you stop shopping and go, oh, I got to go check out. Or I can't afford that. I better switch. Um, tell us what you think. Are you going to use this method? Ask, we're asking you right now on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash data doctors. And tell us, are you going to use this method of shopping with Walmart? And um, I'm assuming the app link is there as well. Absolutely. Get to it. All right. Back to our Facebook page. Lori asks, that's facebook.com slash data doctors. I was told by a third party to Microsoft third party to Microsoft, third party to Microsoft. That, that my Hotmail account has a virus, and if I paid them, they could get it. They, they could fix it. Is there something you guys... <laughs> is this something you guys can fix? Okay, um, so well, now I understand the question. Yeah. Somebody called Lori and said, hey... We're you, with Microsoft. And you've got a problem. your Hotmail account has a virus. Run, um, well, Forrest! For, first of all, Hotmail accounts don't get viruses. Hotmail accounts are web accounts that live on and actually it's not even hotmail anymore but it anyway it's microsoft's mail service and you're using that through microsoft servers and what have you so a virus infects a machine not an not an account right so that's the first indication this is probably a scam the second one is we know microsoft and they don't call people yeah and they don't (laughs) send third-party agents either yeah uh, unfortunately um that scam that we talked about last year that was getting really really prevalent where somebody calls saying, hey, we know that you have a problem with your computer. Uh, we're Microsoft. And they even got into some very elaborate processes where they're going, check this, check this. If this, uh, and, and they were basically having you go look at things that are normal in computers and freaking you out about them. Um, and convincing you, yes, I'm legitimately Microsoft. I can remote into your computer and fix it for you. Here's what it costs. And people were going, oh, okay, do it. Um, it's a scam. You know, the the really sad part about this, um, and Lori, you were smart enough to pick up on it and and ask us about it, um, but the really sad part about this, Ken, is that I, I know a lot of people, especially seniors, who tend to really fall for this because the, the calls are so convincing. They can be. They're and, no and longer the, hello, thank you for calling, I got a problem, I need, no, no, they're using guys who have, who sound like you and I. Yeah. And and they're really taking people, and and once you give them access, yeah, well, and or your credit card, or, I mean, who knows? Oh. So the the bottom line is, if remote service, remote fixes are great. We use them all the time at Data Doctors, but only when you call us. We don't ever call you out of the blue and go, "Hey, you got a virus." Anybody that does that, run away. Take a pass. Coming up, lots of you surf with Chrome, but are you being safe? Also, the return of CISPA will follow up on what it is and how you can help stop it. Coming up right here on the Data Doctors radio program. It's finally here. It's time to buy a new PC, but you're stuck. Hey, it's the Data Doctors here to help get you unstuck. When you buy a new PC from Data Doctors, we actually custom configure it right down to your operating system. Windows 7, or the new Windows 8. Now, if you're ready to be a trailblazer with your new Data Doctors PC, we'll configure it with the new Windows 8. But let's say you're not ready to jump feet first into the pool. If you like what you're used to, we can custom configure a Data Doctor system with Windows 7. We even have a third option. We can install Windows 8, but give you the look and feel you're used to, you know, the start button and all, and that way you're ready to go. And with any Data Doctors PC purchase, we transfer all the important stuff from your old computer for free. Windows 7 or Windows 8, Data Doctors gives you the freedom to choose. Oh, and if you have a PC and you want us to handle the upgrade, we can do that too. Now, get ready to experience award-winning service from Data Doctors. To find the location nearest you, go to datadoctors.com right now. Data Doctors. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. 
Hey, all you Tetris fanatics out there. Want to know how many Tetris pieces it would take to build your house? My real house? Your real house. Just enter the square footage and levels, and a handy calculator will do the rest. I'm serious. If you're into Tetris, you're going to love this. Check out the link at datadoctors.com slash radio. It's a great way to waste some time. Oh, yeah. They're Trekkies and they're Techies. We are neither. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. That's a place you can go anytime you have a technology question for us. We're happy to answer it 24-7, 365. Just remember... We are human. On weekends, sometimes we're a little slower on the response. Evenings? Yes. I Sometimes if I'm up late, I'll check it. But anyway, Stephen said, I listen to your tech tips on WTOP Radio in Washington, D.C. Thank you. Thank you. You mentioned uh, malware on Androids. If I don't root my Android and I only get apps from the Play Store and password protect my phone, am I just as safe with an Android as with an iPhone? See. Next question. See, si, senor. So in general, uh, to keep it really simple, Stephen, you're much safer by doing the things that you're doing. However, you got to understand that smartphones are becoming the most targeted devices in computing today. Android, is, they're expecting a million pieces of malicious software to infiltrate the Android's this Android market, not marketplace, but the Android devices this year. So everything that you are doing, you're doing right. But that doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're not impervious. You know, just because you have antivirus on your computer doesn't mean you can just go crazy and, and go to all these bad sites and, and do whatever you want because you've got antivirus. It's the same kind of mentality. So yes, you're doing the right things, but no, you're not Superman. There is a well, kryptonite out well, there. Well, it's not so much that. I mean, they're, they're targeting both platforms. Absolutely. The reason why Android is more likely to be targeted and there's more likely a chance that some crazy new thing that nobody's ever thought of is going to happen this year on an Android device is because there are more people using Android devices and it's a more open architecture. So from a technical standpoint, you're still going to be safer, just like technically you are safer using a Mac when it comes to malware, then you are Windows, just from the sheer number of malware attacks but that don't, are out there. But don't think that that means you're safe. Right, no, no, it just means you're safer, right? There, there's less, there, there are less targeted attacks uh, for those platforms. So, you know, you're doing the right thing. There's no reason to jump ship. We're not, it, we're really just trying to educate people that they need to be careful on their smartphones just like they are with their computers. Don't think of the smartphone as some impervious thing. There was a time when nobody was targeting smartphones, so you could click on all kinds of things and it was never going to attack your phone. And, and again, that sense of security is what these, these hackers and malware creators are, are hoping for. Right. So you think, well, this is designed to attack a computer. It's not going to hurt my smartphone. Nah, it will. Watch out. So if you have uh, ever used Google Chrome, and lots of us do, remember we always recommend at least having two browsers on your computer. So the default for you Windows users is Internet Explorer. And then always add a secondary browser, Firefox, Chrome. For those of you who use Chrome, do you know how to safer, safely surf the web? There are actually some, some, some tips to be safer. Surfly safe? Though? Safely surf. Safely surf. Surf safely. Say that three times fast. Surf safely, safely surf, surf safe. I can't. See? Tongue tied. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Google Chrome offers a ton of uh, security features that you may not even realize are built in to the browser itself. Um, for example, they have a phishing and malware protection that, that puts up a warning screen anytime you visit a website that, that has potentially malicious um, code in it, whether it spreads the malware or tries to steal your information. So Chrome actually has something built in um, that, that will warn you of that. Yeah, they're, they're doing a little more. The, the bottom line here is there's no way for any of you, any of us as individuals, to keep up with all of the fast-breaking new threats that are out there. So more and more companies, Google, Trend Micro, which is why we like theirs, they're using a collective intelligence in the cloud and connecting your software to that con- collective intelligence. So as they learned, like 30 seconds ago, they just learned of a new place that is dangerous. Right. Right? 
you don't have to download something and update your computer to, to get protection against that if you're using Trend Micro's um, antivirus and security software and things like Google that also have that same kind of technology. So that's another reason we like it. Also, the you know you've heard us talk about JavaScript. The, home, the Department of Homeland Security is telling everybody just disable JavaScript, which may or may not work for you because some websites are legitimately using Java in a, in a way that you need. Um, Google's Chrome makes it real easy for you to go in and disable Java and then turn it back on if you need it. Right. So, or you know, and, and it also basically stops and says, "Are you sure you want this JavaScript to run?" So, there's there's so many different things that that Google has done with Chrome that we it's one of the reasons we like it. It's, it's definitely more secure. And, th- I mean, we don't have time to go through all those. Fortunately, we have a link where you can go and check out all the ways that you can increase the security level on your Chrome browser. And I just wanted to tell you, one of the things that, that you should not do in Chrome, um, you know, you can save website passwords. That That's okay. The stuff that you visit on your personal computer at home. Don't, don't do it on a computer that, that's a public computer, obviously. Remember that anyone who uses that computer is going to have access to that potentially. But unlike Firefox, which has a master password feature, um, you cannot encrypt your passwords or save your credit card information in Chrome. You can, you can save it, but it won't encrypt it. So don't store your credit card information for, to make it easier later on when you want to shop. Just put in your credit card manually. It's, if you're going to a secure site, pop the credit card in manually, but do not allow your browser to save it. Yeah, don't use browser extensions or browsers for Plugins that. Use, and so, yeah. You, use something uh, like RoboForm, something that basically does secure all that information and also works across mobile devices, your desktop, your laptop. And then something else that we've been warning, t- telling you about, make sure that you secure your Google account with two-step verification. Smartest thing you can do to protect yourself. Two-factor authentication. From the bad guys. It requires two things, your password and your smartphone. You're listening to The Tech Show for non-tech people, the Data Doctors radio program. Ask us your tech questions even when we're not on the air. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. And remember, we deal with computer and technology issues for a living. We're experts at this stuff. We can help you in our stores, in your home, at your business. We can even remote in right over the Internet anytime you have a problem. You like the program, yes? Sure. Let your friends around the world know they, too, can listen, laugh, and learn. The Data Doctors can be heard worldwide on Stitcher Radio. Or you can subscribe via iTunes. Or you can get it on demand through our newsletter. Or you can listen on the Double Wide Network. We are everywhere. We're like omnipresent. Hour hour number two. Hour number two. Hour number two. Just ahead. All your tech answers in English at datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This This is the Data Doctors Doctors Radio Radio Program. Show for non-tech people. This, this is, is the Data, Data Doctors, Doctors Radio Program. It is time once again to listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome back to our number two of the Data Doctors Radio Program, the multi-award-winning tech show for you non-tech people. Each week during the week, we spend our time helping businesses with their networks, people with their computers, lost data, all kinds of technology issues in our stores, and your offices, homes all around the country, and then we bring that experience to you here on the radio. We are the Data Doctors, Ken to my left and me, Spanky, here to provide education and, of course, entertainment. We like to call it edutainment. The government is at it again. We'll tell you about the misguided resurrection of CISPA. Also, what's the right antivirus for your Windows or Mac PC? Yes, we said Mac, too. Plus, is there a right way or a wrong way to back up? Better answers than the guys overseas. The guys overseas. Or Uncle Jim's nerdy son. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. It's the tech show. The tech show for non-tech people. And speaking of Uncle Jim, we got a Facebook question from Jim. From, from Uncle Jim on, <laughs> yeah, Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. His question was, do those photos ever work when you're supposed to just type one in a comment box and see the amazing results in three seconds or just a hoax? Uh, you know, Ken, first of all, have you seen how many of those things are showing up now on Twitter? So... Excuse me, Facebook? On Facebook. Well, you know why that is. In order to comment on something like that, you have to like the page. Right. And that's what they're doing. Jim, if if your sniffer is telling you it's fishy, you've got a really, really good sniffer. Okay? The images are there to just do one thing, and that's all they're trying to do is to get you to engage with the originator, share it, uh, you know, like it. And and what that's going to do is that's going to get their content, what they're trying to push in front of you, 
on your news feed. So the, the, the amazing results that you're going to get from clicking the number one or doing something in three seconds is you'll be amazed at how many junk posts you start seeing from, from that same place, <laughs> that yeah. same place on well, your news feed. Here's another one that, that for some reason keeps popping up and still not enough people have figured out it's, it's a big hoax. The one that says, you know what? You can type your password, your Facebook password in to the comment section, and it puts it in as all X's. Yeah. Try it. You know, Brandon's wife. No, don't do that. Brandon's wife posted that one day. I know. She got a bunch of people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't fall for that one, folks. It's You're going to type your Facebook password out, and the whole whole world can see it. Yeah. And by the way, if you fall for that, change your password, like, right away. (laughs) Yeah, and don't repost it. Actually, this is another great reason. (laughs) What? For you to have the two-factor authentication on Facebook. That's true. If somebody tries to log in onto your Facebook account, you'll get a little message on your smartphone saying, type in this number. Right. And if you know you just didn't just try to, to, to log into Facebook from some strange machine, you know somebody's trying to hack you. I could put my password on Facebook right now, and you still couldn't get into my account. So... Unless you killed me and had my cell phone. Or just got it from you. Geekspeak. It is that time of the show when we bring a little piece of the vernacular of tech that we do call the Geek Speak of the Week. This week's Geek Speak is in honor of Geek Speak of the Week. I miss Brandon. Just can't, just can't get over that, can you? No. In honor of the seventh birthday for the folks over at Twitter, we bring you F2F. Far too funny. You could do that. Um... If somebody if somebody says, I want to meet with you F2F. <laughs> oh, hey, right. listen. It's not as bad as it sounds. Oh, okay. It's not it's a dirty It's an acronym problem. for face-to-face. Oh, face-to-face. Yeah, F2F. So those of you that are new to Twitter, if you see that, or actually you might see it in text message. You could see it in emails. You can see it on Facebook or whatever. Yep. Basically, when you see that, it's face-to-face. 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 Now you know. Hey, hey, we warned you a couple of months ago um, that... The government is is starting to resurrect the CISPA um, law that they're trying to pass. Uh, the you know last year we defeated SOPA and PIPA, and it was again misguided legislation, basically aimed to protect consumers, to you know stop piracy, and well the government is at it again. CISPA is back. And they're basically trying to make it really easy for us to uh, for for big web giants to give up our personal information. Right. So so that the government says, oh, wait a second. You know, this person is is a, a suspect. A suspect. They're a cyber terrorist or whatever. Um, it, 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 it opens up a Pandora's box of information that we think isn't the best use of a the Internet. B, the government shouldn't be involved in this. I, I don't know why, Ken. They keep bringing this back. Because you have a bunch of people creating laws around information, things that they don't understand. They don't directly have knowledge in this area. This is not something that a bunch of old white guys (laughs) that have been running around having dinner parties for their living have any clue about. And so they hear... Cyber, cyber terrorism and cyber threats and cyber this. And it's true. These things are all happening. Right. And so we have to do something. And so the best thing we can do is try to make sure it doesn't happen in the first. Let's prevent it. And the easiest way to prevent it is when we suspect somebody's doing something, we need to gather intelligence and information on them. And let's make it real easy for the NSA and the CIA and ever these, these security agencies that suspect that somebody is uh, engaging in something Let's let's give them an easy way to, to check it out. Right. So so the legislation would give businesses and the federal government the legal protection to basically share data on cyber threats with each other. Um, this is stuff that that's private information that they just go, OK, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah we just want that information. OK, here, back and forth. Um, President Obama and lots of people have warned Congress that they need to pass a cybersecurity bill because 
the the nation's computer systems are, are more and more vulnerable to these cyber attacks. And, and you know what? I have no problem with them getting strategic about this. Absolutely. The problem with CISPA and all of these laws is that they're just overly broad. Right. And There's, so the specific thing that they say they want to be able to do is is covered in this broad language, but so is everything else that you can think of. And the unintended consequences of technology legislation are far-reaching, and it's easy for somebody to now that has this... this I mean, right now, Google's going to do a lot of work to not just share information. This bill would make it so that Google would have no ramifications to hand over any information, and that's one of the reasons why they, they, they don't do it so willingly right now is... They don't want to get caught up in lawsuits. So this would basically clear them to just get, hand over the information anytime they want. So we got links for you to tell your representatives no to CISPA. Okay? Still ahead, Kindle owners have a new way of getting content to their Kindles. Also, how to fix a flaky browser. It's coming up on the Data Doctors radio program. Hey, it's the Data Doctors. Hey, lots of you come to our stores when you have computer problems. Many of you rely on our award-winning Data Doctors in-home service, where our Data Doctor comes to you. Yeah, house calls. Some of you take advantage of Data Doctors remote repair, so we fix your problem right over the internet. But did you know that we can help your office, too? That's right. Whether your office has two... 20 or 200 computers, Data Doctors Business Services takes the pain of managing your office technology away. Instead of using the Band-Aid approach to your office technology, put the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team to work for you. You'll be amazed at how much more you can get done when you're not trying to run a business and your IT department. Go to datadoctors.com and let us take away the pain. In store. At home. Over the internet. In your office. What are you waiting for? Go to datadoctors.com right now. (laughs) Like he said, go to datadoctors.com and get ready to experience award-winning service. Data Doctors. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors Radio Program. Hey, the Data Doctors Radio Program is going new school, and that is on demand, anytime you want. You can be an insider that gets the Data Doctors Radio Program first. How do you do that? Easy. Just sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll be able to click on the link and listen whenever you want. Right in the newsletter. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Are you confused about something tech? Ha. You didn't hear it from us. It's the tech show for non-tech people. The Data Doctors Radio Program. It's the Data Doctors Radio Program. Facebook.com slash Data Doctors. That's how you can connect with us whenever you have a technical question. Very easy to do. Gail wanted to know... Is AVG safe for my computer? Absolutely, it's safe. I don't know what she means by safe. Uh, is it is it going to do what it's supposed to do? Is, is it, it the best me? protection out there? Well, first of all, I don't know if you're using the free version or the pay version. Um, here's let me let me let me start by saying any antivirus program you use is going to give you a reasonable amount of protection. And any is better than none. None of them will protect you from 100% of the scams that are out there. Primarily because most of the new stuff that no one knows about has to be discovered. They have to write a fix for it to protect you from stuff that obviously they don't know about, right? Mm -hmm. So like remember the old days, the garage door opener problem where if you bought a very popular brand garage door opener, you probably had the same garage door opener code because they only had a, you know, a dozen or so. So right. you could just drive around the neighborhood and boom. Push the button well, until you open one. Nobody thought about that. And nobody you know, had a fix for that until it became a problem. And that is essentially... So then they came out with a new version of the code sensing system and whatever. So they scramble it. That's what has to happen every single day. And unfortunately, the bad guys have the upper hand. So if you're asking us for our recommendation, if you want to use a free malware antivirus program, we like... Microsoft's Security Essentials, primarily because it doesn't nag you to buy the pro version. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't bog the system down because it's made by Microsoft. It's made to integrate with their operating system. And it's fine for people. If you're the only person in your household using your computer, you don't have any teenagers, you don't have to worry about people doing things without thinking, then a free antivirus program, just fine. Yeah. But if, if you're gonna if you if you have high speed internet and teenagers, you're in the highest risk group out there. We like uh, Trend Micro's 
uh, titanium package, or the security suite that they have. We that's what we install for our customers. Is that, the Trend and, Micro product, and that's what's running on my MacBook right now. Uh, as we're doing this show, uh, I'm sitting here looking at my MacBook, and it's got Trend Micro. And the thing is, uh, yes, I'm saying I have a MacBook, and I'm running security software. Why? You know, Mac owners have this. I don't know why, and it's it's going back many years now. There, there, there's a thought that Macs are immune somehow to malware and antivirus, you know, virus problems on the internet, and and that is just not. That's thanks so. to Apple's marketing. I, but years ago, but but the landscape has changed dramatically. If you run a Mac, if you are on any type of Apple computer, and you surf the web as you do. Um, you really need to have an antivirus program. You need something that will detect threats and stop them before your computer is attacked. Well, I mean, the, the question becomes, we already know that the attacks on the Mac operating system are growing. Absolutely. We also know that more and more threats have nothing to do with the operating system. It has to do with the browser, right? And Safari, I'm, I'm sorry, but Safari is the least secure of all the browsers out there because Apple hasn't had to spend 10, 15 years trying to defend their browser like Microsoft has, like you know, the Chrome and, and Firefox, these others. So if you're a Mac user, I mean, you, if, if you choose not to put any kind of security software on, do definitely step away from Safari because Safari is targeted as a browser. They don't care. Java is, 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 uh, is targeted as a, as a tool. It doesn't matter whether you're on a Mac or Windows machine. There's all these other threats that have nothing to do with the operating system right. that you also want to be aware of. Um, and so the, the days of just being laissez-faire about security on a Mac are over. The question is, do you want to wait until there's a big storm of threats attacking Mac users before you put the security software on? Or do you just want to go ahead and be safe now and put it on there? That's your decision. Our recommendation is we'd rather you be safe now than sorry later. Right. You don't want to put your seatbelt on after the car accident. Um, or after you got the ticket from the, exactly. the popo. Hey, if you're a Kindle owner, you might uh, want to start paying attention to the websites you visit. There, uh, the new button, Send to Kindle, is now appearing on a lot of websites. It's making it easier for you to read your stuff later on your Kindle device. You know, so you see those share yeah. with Facebook, yeah, pin yeah. on Pinterest, send to your Kindle. How smart is that? That's a swing. I want one that sends to my iPad for later. Anyway, we've got a link if you want to know what to look for, datadoctors.com slash radio. Facebook.com slash datadoctors is where you can ask your question like Tracy did. She's asking or she's saying that I get I keep getting gibberish on my nav bar instead of my homepage, even though I have reset it several times. How can I fix this? Yeah, now we're not going to repeat what the gibberish was because it wouldn't make any sense, but this is constantly coming up. And, you know, the first thing that you have to do you know, you can reset it a, a bunch of times, but... Well, she was resetting... You, she's telling the browser, this is what I want you to use right. as my homepage, homepage. and it wasn't working. Right. The first thing you need to do is empty your browser cache and, and see if that resolves it. Nine times out of ten, there's something in there that's hung up, that's stuck. Um, well, actually, if you don't, don't, if you don't clear your cache from time to time, the cache size is actually a set limit, right? So when it fills up, then it starts cramming other stuff in, and sometimes that can cause corruption. And what the cache is, your browser always looks at the cached files before it looks on the Internet. The point of caching is if the information that you're looking for already exists on your local computer, it's going to be faster to bring it up. Right. So that's what caching is all about. It's, it's, it's creating a cache, a secondary. It's like a copy of stuff that you've already done or that you've recently done. Helps and make so, your web surfing experience and it's More not enjoyable. and it's not like it's pulling everything from the cache but what it's doing is it let's say you were just at ESPN's website right rather than going to ESPN's website and say okay send me the logo send me the frame send me the the video container send me it all that comes from the cache and then that fills in the 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 dynamic information behind it so it's just a faster way to browse but if you don't maintain that and clean that up from time to time, these kinds of things can happen. So put and that on your to-do list once a month. And also make sure you have a secondary browser. You always, always want to have two browsers. Hey, right after the break, you know how to turn off an in-app purchase, because you've listened to us, but how can you set up spending limits? That's this week's help. Plus, fixing your Wi-Fi woes. We'll tell you what you can do. Whoa, whoa. 
It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. In our ongoing efforts to help you waste time in your life, we bring you this week's wacky website. If you know anybody, young couple, yeah. they're thinking about having kids. Yep. We got a website where you can figure out what that kid's going to look like, <laughs> amongst other things. Morphthing.com. It's, an, it's a cool little website. Just go, just go check it out. I morphed Lady Gaga and Marilyn Manson. That's all I'm going to say. The first rule of technology, restart it. Rule two, ask us at facebook.com slash datadoctors. We don't read our answers from a script. It's the tech show for non-tech people. It's the people. tech show for non-tech people. The Data Doctors Radio Program. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. Uh, this week's help is uh, from Daniel. He writes, I saw your video on how to turn off in-app purchases. That's for Apple and Android users. So that your kids don't accidentally buy stuff in a free game. But what if I want to allow my son to buy age-appropriate t- items on his iPad, iPod Touch, but limit how much he can spend? You can do that? Yes. I, oh, you you're can, talking to me, and I, I didn't know you could do that. Mr. McIntosh. Um, yeah, so actually Apple's done a pretty amazing job of allowing parents to control, first of all, what a child can do on an iPad, iPod, iPod Touch iPhone, any of those things. So you can go into the restrictions and actually limit the type of content they can look at and see and download, whether they can actually install an app or remove apps, in-app purchases, all those things. But the thing that's particularly interesting, I think a lot of people don't realize, is that you can actually set up an allowance for your child in iTunes. So if you have a child between the ages of probably 8 or 9 and, I don't know, 17. Sure. They probably are constantly asking, can I buy this? Can I buy this? Can I buy this? Every single day. So a lot of parents have said, you know what? This is a, this is a teaching moment. This is an opportunity for, for me to teach my child how to budget. And so you can set up a monthly allowance in increments of, I think it's uh, 10, 20, and 30, up to 50, I think. Between 10 and $50. Any, I, I can tell you, I know the definitive answer on this. Anything over 10 you can customize the increments. Oh, you can. Okay. So we did 13 the other day. Oh. And so because he had some extra money and wanted to put it there. So. so you can basically go into your child's iTunes account, which generally is attached to your credit card. So you, you, know, you know what's going on. And you can say that they can spend no more than $10 per month. So they have an allowance. And then you can go to your child and say, okay, if you want to buy something really big or if you want to buy multiple things, you can save up sure. that $10 a month, $20 a month allowance, whatever it is, so that they can accrue something and buy something bigger, right? So if $10 isn't enough to buy what they want, and a lot of albums are more than $10, then, then they learn the fact that they have to save, right? Save mm-hmm. that $10. Don't, don't pilfer it away at $0.99 cents a song because then next month you won't be able to buy the album either. Um, and you can turn it off really fast. You can pause it. You can, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, and make sure that when you, ha- when you do that for them, that you go back and watch the video about how to turn off in-app purchases because you don't want them to accidentally purchase some yeah, virtual waste, goods waste $10 with on real junk. money. Yeah, you really want to do both. So help them help, them help themselves, okay? More help for Karen on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash datadoctors. That's Karen with an I, right? Karen, Karen. with an I. She said, my Wi-Fi has stopped working on my laptop, giving me a wireless network connection doesn't have a valid IP configuration. What does that mean? And can you help me? My Wi-Fi? Yes. Is that working? Wi-Fi is not working. Well, it's giving me a wireless connection. Ah, well, let's start with some basics. Is it your computer or is it your wireless, your, your router? Well, I mean, the, 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 the very first thing, right, anytime you have a con- connectivity issue is... Turn your computer all the way off. Don't do a reset. Literally shut it down. <sighs> Last week's Geek Speak, do a hard, hard boot. boot. Cold boot. Cold boot. Either way, all the way down, power it off, and turn it back on. This resets all the hardware in case there's some, some 
change in, in configuration, what have you. Uh, not configuration, just if the hardware's decided it's going to sleep. Uh, and then check to see if you can connect and see if everything's cool. Um, the second thing to do would be to reset the device you connect to. So wireless routers from time to time do start acting funny and goofy and start handing out IP addresses incorrectly and what have you. Um, so, so in doing those in tandem, right? So you restarted your computer. It didn't work. Shut it down again. Restart your router. Right. Right. And, that, the, and the easiest way to do that is just power down. Just unplug the power cable. Let it sit for 30 seconds. Plug it back in. Just let it come up. Let all the lights start flashing and get back to the way that it normally looks. Then turn your laptop back on to see if that fixes it. If that doesn't, the next troubleshooting step is either take your laptop to another network or take somebody else's laptop and try to connect to your network. And why would we do that, Spanky? Why would we have these variables that we're going to introduce in? Because we want to try to rule out Correct. what is wrong. So if your laptop works fine on other networks, it's not your laptop. If somebody else's laptop connects fine to, or if you have another machine in your house and it connects fine to your network, what you're trying to do is you're trying not to chase the wrong end of the, of the, of the animal here. Chasing the head instead of the tail. So. Right. And so you just want to start doing those troubleshooting steps to try to figure out which one do I need to spend more time on. But try those things out, figure out which one it is, and then take action from there. When we come back, the right way to back up. Yes, there's a right way, and there's a wrong way. We'll tell you about the right way. And the elusive expansion of Google Fiber is happening. We'll tell you what when you're going to get it. And Ken, it's going to be sooner than you think. I don't think so. It's coming up on the Data Doctors radio program. Sit tight. Hey, it's the Data Doctors. Hey, lots of you come to our stores when you have computer problems. Many of you rely on our award-winning Data Doctors in-home service, where our Data Doctor comes to you. Yeah, house calls. Some of you take advantage of Data Doctors remote repair, so we fix your problem right over the Internet. But did you know that we can help your office, too? That's right. Whether your office has two... 20 or 200 computers, Data Doctors Business Services takes the pain of managing your office technology away. Instead of using the Band-Aid approach to your office technology, put the experience of Data Doctors Business Services team to work for you. You'll be amazed at how much more you can get done when you're not trying to run a business and your IT department. Go to datadoctors.com and let us take away the pain. In store. At home. Over the internet. In your office. What are you waiting for? Go to datadoctors.com right now. <laughs> like he said, go to datadoctors.com and get ready to experience award-winning service. Data Doctors. Since 1988, we're the tech guys for non-tech people. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This is the Data Doctors radio program. If you want to hear the Data Doctors radio program before anyone else does, you can. Become a Data Doctors insider today. Sign up now for our weekly newsletter at datadoctors.com slash radio. All newsletter subscribers, including yourself, get instant access to the radio show. So the moment it lands in your inbox, you can click and listen like that. On air. Online. On demand. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Listen live. Download podcasts. And get helpful links. Datadoctors.com. Datadoctors.com slash radio. Facebook.com slash Datadoctors is the other web address we like to talk about which is where you can ask any and all of your technology questions, and one of our team will jump on there and try to help you. Ryan asks, I need help in understanding how to properly back up my data to an external drive. Then how I can transfer that same data to a larger <laughs> external drive. It sounds like he's doing the two-step there. Mm -hmm. I have an auto backup set on my PC, and it's failing due to a lack of current space. Help. So, unless I'm overthinking things, if you just get a larger external hard drive, Ryan, and plug it in, the next time your auto backup runs, it should back up to the new, bigger hard drive. Right. You don't need to do this two-step thing that you're trying to do. I, we understand what you're trying to achieve, Ryan, but you're, you're adding an extra step in there. An unnecessary step. That doesn't, right. That doesn't need to be in there. I think. That's what it sounds uh, like to yeah. me. I mean, even if he's doing incremental backups, and maybe that's why he's thinking he's got to get everything over to get the increments, hmm. you get a new external hard drive, do a full backup. Right. That's your first, your first incremental backup is a full one. Right. Now you've got everything. Yeah. 
And and you can take that other drive offline and because it's got all those incremental backups that you have. So you can keep those. So if there's something there that you want to go. No. I think I know maybe why he's asking. Okay. Why? How many times have you heard people say, I have a backup drive. Mm -hmm. Then you take a look at their stuff and it's an external hard drive. Right. But it's not a backup. It's actually where the data lives. Ah. It's not a backup. Folks. Because data exists on an external device, it does not make it a backup. A backup means it's a second copy. You need to be able to look. You've got you, you to be able to go to your computer and look at two different hard drives and see the same information on those two hard drives. Right. If you can't do that, you're not backing up. That is correct. Not only that, if you're asking us for the best way to back up, which and a lot of people do. Talking with his hands again. I am. Go ahead. I'll tell you. Forget about it. You're not Italian. I'm Italian. Okay, go ahead. I'm Italian for now. For the moment. Mind you. So, uh, the right so, way to back up. There you go. I'm not pregnant. No. Uh, the right way to back up, or the best way to back up, is to combine what Ryan's talking about, that external hard drive. Yep. Very good. The problem with having that as your only backup is, let's say, for heaven's sake, something really bad happens, like your house catches on fire, your business catches on fire. That would suck. Right. Or you have a major water damage flood kind of thing, and the computer and the external hard drive are, are basically ruined. That would suck, too. Or somebody breaks into your home or office and says, ooh, nice laptop. Ooh, nice backup drive. That would really suck. It's really easy to snag them both. In all those cases, your backup system failed you. Yeah, because your backup is gone with your primary. Correct. So... The best backup process, in our opinion, for home, business, whatever, includes both a localized, external, whatever, easy to get to set of files, and an off-site backup, generally through a cloud backup service. We use Carbonite for our customers um, and combine the two. And I know Carbonite's working on a really cool tool that's going to allow us to set our customers up to have it automatically put it in both places. Simultaneously at the same time. Together. Yes. And so those kinds of technologies will make this process easier. It's just so darn expensive. If you, if you have a situation where, I mean, in the case of a theft, you got nowhere to go. There's nothing to recover. Right. That's the only situation where we can't help you. Fire and flood, we can help you in our data recovery labs. And, you know, yes, your insurance company might cover it and whatever, but it's still expensive. And... You know, there's no guarantee, no matter how, you know, I mean, we're, we're the best in the biz, as far as I'm concerned. But there are situations where it's just impossible to get the stuff back. So that's when you definitely want to have that secondary backup, that other option, to be able to go pull it out of the cloud. Get it from the cloud. That's right. And by the way, a reminder, for those of you, uh, March 31st, it's National Backup Day. So if you don't regularly back up, don't be an April Fool, okay? Get it done. March 31st. April Fool. April Fool. We have a, March 31st is a Sunday. That's okay. You're home. Do so it. Do it. Yeah, do it on Saturday. Do it. Yeah, do it. But sometime between now and then. Get your backup done. We've got an entertaining little video. Did you just say now? Now. Like Google Now? Google Now. It's waiting sure, for approval. I sure wish Google Now worked on iPhones. Uh, it, it will soon enough. So Google Now, which, which launched uh, earlier this year, um, it's that Google app that really, as soon as you start your day, you've got your information right in front of you. It's kind of doing what all these apps that I've been talking about over the weeks have been doing. Individually, where, yeah. Where, where it pulls all of your day's schedule, your calendar. You're heading to your kid's soccer practice. It says, hey, your traffic is going to be 25 minutes because of this accident. It, it, it's a real-time calendar. It gives you the information just at the right time and follows you throughout the day. Well, they're waiting for approval in the App Store, so you will see it soon coming to your iPhone. So for those of you who know about it, another great Google product that's headed your way. So the more us iPhone users yes. look at Android apps and wait for them to come over yonder, yes, the more I think people are starting to realize, hmm... Maybe instead of waiting, because that was the problem before. It, it was right. reversed. It was like, it's always on the iPhone first, and then mm-hmm. the Android people had to wait. Now it's on the Androids first. Well, it's kind of happened in both, both, both directions, but some of the really cool stuff, absolutely But Google's. the thing that pisses me off about Android, Ken, 
is that it's not always on every device because you don't, if, well, if you don't have this version of Android OS or if you are running this version, this doesn't work or that doesn't work. They got to unify, come together, That's then. Not going to happen. Well, that fragmentation is what keeps me away. That fragmentation shall continue, but it's okay. Hey, you're listening to the tech show for non tech people, the Data Doctors radio program. Ask us your tech questions, even when we're not on the air, at facebook.com slash datadoctors. Remember, we deal with all this junk, computers, and technology problems for a living. We're experts at this stuff. We can help you at Data Doctor stores, in your home, at your business. We can even remote in magically over the internet and fix your problems. Hey, you know you love the program. Let your friends around the world know they can too listen. They too can listen to the Data Doctors radio program. We can be heard worldwide on Stitcher Radio or through iPhone or iTunes podcasts. We are the Data Doctors. It's Ken and Spanky. Remember, catch us on TV, radio, online. We're everywhere. Get all your tech answers in English at datadoctors.com slash radio. It's the tech show for non-tech people. This, this is the Data, the Data Doctors, Doctors Radio, radio Program. program.